South Africa is known for many things, from its minerals to its multicultural diversity. However, a lesser known interesting fact is that it's the world's only producer of rooibos, a one-of-a-kind herb that's lured researchers and health enthusiasts and become a globally appreciated tea that's enjoyed at any time of the day. On this episode of the Changing Narratives Africa podcast, we're exploring the magic of this herb as we appreciate its many offerings, especially as a healthy beverage. My name is Natalie Sifuma. And I'm Lesmi Rungu. And we are your hosts. Like most teas, rooibos is a unique herb that goes back more than 300 years. Its story is nestled in quiet mountains, hosted by indigenous people and embedded in cultural practices. To begin this episode, let's take a trip down memory lane. Hundreds of years ago, rooibos was a naturally growing bush found in the mountains of South Africa's Sederberg region, which is about 170 kilometers from Cape Town. Harvested by South Africa's oldest inhabitants, the Khoisan community, the red bush was valued for its leaves, which were turned into herbal medicines that were used to treat various skin ailments from eczema to rashes. The Khoisan people didn't know it then, but in later years, their go-to bush would transform into a herbal alternative to tea. In the earlier days, many interested parties attempted to cultivate rooibos in different corners of the world, but large-scale farming was only successful in South Africa, thanks to the unique climatic and ecological nuances of the region. And even for those who dared to grow it locally, the unique growing and harvesting techniques soon posed to threaten their investments. You see, with rooibos cultivation, precision is key. And up until then, only the Khoisan people were experts at this. Thanks for taking us back in time and sharing those great insights, Les. It paints a clear picture on the timeline of rooibos' discovery to its regional popularity. Another fact about rooibos is that the name itself has an interesting ring to it. It is an Afrikaans word and translates to red bush, but not because rooibos bush is red. The name was coined by early Khoisans who named it so because of the color of the brewed leaves. This was well before it was labeled as a tea. That being said, Les, how did the attempts to commercialize rooibos go? Well, indeed, rooibos is one of South Africa's many indigenous plants that has been successfully commercialized today. This penetration into the market began in the late 1990s, when a seemingly perfect match between the health-giving properties of rooibos and consumer needs was achieved. At the time, the global movement towards healthier beverages had begun and rooibos positioned itself as an ideal drink for daily consumption. In fact, when it became available in the market, visitors who frequented Southern Africa ended up preferring it to English tea. But what exactly made it sought after? How did this turning point happen? Well, we have heard that health is wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Botanists and researchers who produced various texts highlighting the health benefits of the novel bush caught a lot of readers' interest and so began the boom of the rooibos industry. And the global demand for the new beverage grew in leaps and bounds. While we are deep into the rich rooibos African history, I'm a believer that these narratives are best told by the people from the communities. And so it was an honor to speak with Baron Salomo. 
Byron grew up in a family whose livelihood and history are intimately intertwined with rooibos, and he chose to honor that heritage and follow in the footsteps of those before him. Today, he is the go-to rooibos expert and the CEO of Rooibos Processing Facility in Wuppertal. Here's Byron with some insights. Uh, we grew up with this uh, rooibos, um, and uh, I can tell you it runs in our veins, uh, <laughs> so it is, it is part of us. And the advantages of this plant, it's so many advantages. And we, we use that as a um, drink, uh, not as a tea so much, but more like a herb. And, and this plant, we only harvest once a year. When, when you see the bush, it is green. There's no sign of red in the bush, in the plant. But when, as soon as this plant starting with a natural fermenting process, then it changes naturally from this green color to this reddish color. So the rooibos fields, the wild population, the cultivated lands, all is green. But as soon as you start harvesting and you do the fermenting process, then it changes uh, during the fermenting process from this green color into the red color. Or what also happens during the life cycle of a plant, when there's some diseases in this plant just fade away, then this, this plant gets uh, naturally uh, red. Uh, so that is where this uh, name comes from, um, the red bush. Uh, in Afrikaans, we call it rooibos, a red bush. So it, it, is, it is the color that changes uh, naturally because uh, of the fermenting process. The best rooibos in the world is cultivated in Wuppertal, where Barrent is based, and the Sederberg Mountains, which are situated around a city called Clan William. Barrent also spoke about the harvesting process. What most do not know is that rooibos is seasonal, and unlike other tea products, harvesting only happens once a year. This process is still labor-intensive and not for the faint-hearted, which is probably the biggest reason it was not easy to commercialize it in the earlier days until the demand boom became a bigger incentive. So question for you. Yeah. Think you'd be fit to work with Baron and his team on a rooibos farm during harvest season? Well, <laughs> perhaps if I lay out the process, then we can answer the questions together. Sure. Right? First, it's important to note that the bush needs to be cut at knee height. This is the only way it will grow back. So you can imagine that you have to ensure every stem is cut at the right level, meaning you can't use machines. Both stems and leaves ideally need to be collected and the leaves are very tiny, almost like needles. You then load both onto tractors and ferry them to processing facilities for primary processing. Thankfully, at the facilities, machines take over the laborious task of processing rooibos into tiny dry leaves that can then be put into tea bags. Also, did I mention that harvesting and processing need to be done on the same day to keep it fresh? Thereafter, there's a whole system that goes into fermenting which takes between 12 hours to a day. So, back to your question, Nat. I think I'd probably succeed in the factory where... There's machinery. I yeah. completely see your point. <laughs> I completely see your point. Les, let's talk about the demand for rooibos tea. 
We have established that the health benefits of rooibos were a big attraction. But then, what are some specific health-related aspects of rooibos that make people say, yeah, I want to have a cup of that? One word, the antioxidants, mm. which are substances that prevent or delay cell damage. Given the option to stay healthy and live longer, a lot of people would make the necessary investment and knowing these benefits contributed to a surge in rooibos consumers and in turn a vibrant market for the tea of this African herb. Owing to these incredible health benefits, the production and the sales of rooibos tea has increased tremendously over the years. Good manufacturing practice and fair trade principles that encourage the participation of small-scale producers also contributes to global product acceptance. The quality of the tea also plays a major role, and we learned this from tea expert and entrepreneur Swadi Martin. In the rooibos uh, industry, you, you also have... Uh, different types of quality. So you could have a lower type of quality rooibos and a higher qu- uh, type of quality rooibos. Then there's the challenge with the demand supply curve, as there's often more demand than supply. Fortunately, smaller tea companies have identified these industry challenges and started adding rooibos onto their list of special drinks. I guess this tells us that rooibos is giving regular tea a run for its money. No doubt. In fact, rooibos has gone beyond being known as a legendary herb or healthy tea. It's also known as a coffee to some. Red Espresso is the African company based in the Western Cape of South Africa. Founded by Pete and Monique Ethelston, Red Espresso created the world's first vegan rooibos tea espresso and presently offers healthy, caffeine-free alternatives to coffee with one of its premium selling products being the rooibos espresso. Here's what Pete shared about the process of creating this unique and first-of-its-kind beverage. Because we want to make an espresso, we wanted to make a very strong um, base to be able to make a cappuccino or a latte. So we kind of came at it like from a coffee angle was we needed to make sure we got the strongest tasting rooibos that we could find. What the team at Red Espresso did thereafter was explore ways to make rooibos bush work in coffee appliances. And their efforts resulted in not only an espresso, but a crema, which for listeners who may not know is a lovely frothy cover, which is usually layered on top of the espresso. The fact that it also tasted divine encouraged the team to produce a variety of rooibos coffees, from cappuccinos to lattes. Rooibos espresso sounds like the health kick we all need. And I couldn't agree more. As rooibos now makes its way into more supermarket shelves and kitchen cupboards, it's clear that the industry continues to leave marks in the lives of many Africans. From creating employment opportunities in various stages of value addition to helping them live healthy lifestyles. In South Africa alone, records by the Rooibos Council show that the percentage of rooibos consumers in the country increased from 29.4% in 2011 to 30.9% in 2015. And as of January 2022, South Africa was reported to be producing more than 20,000 tons of rooibos annually. It's interesting to note that as rooibos gains popularity in new markets, some of the proceeds go back to the Khoisan people who are the first users and traditional knowledge holders of rooibos. 
This is a result of the efforts of the National Khoisan Council of South Africa, which spearheaded this cause. And from 2019, the South Africa rooibos tea industry agreed to pay the Khoisan people 1.5% of the value farmers get when they sell rooibos bushed tea processors. Isn't that amazing? Amazing indeed, because rooibos is a classic example of how an indigenous crop can be successfully commercialized to sustain livelihoods and feed the people. And to our audience, the next time you're in a supermarket, why not reach for that flavorful, holy African tea called rooibos? You can ask if it's available at your favorite restaurant. One thing we're sure of is that you'll have a greater appreciation for both the health benefits and the people in the value chain. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Changing Narratives Africa podcast. You can find and engage with us online through our website, which is www.afchub.org. A big thank you to our sponsors, Siegel Family Foundation, Africa No Filter, and Afrixim Bank, as well as our production partner, Pauqua Stories. Thanks for tuning in, and until the next episode, keep championing Africa. Africa.